0: You're listening to the Maritime Gardening Podcast, episode 21. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to episode 21 of the MaritimeGardening.com podcast, and uh, we're here again, and we're here with Greg. How you doing, Greg? Hello, hello! Excellent. Um, yeah, so we're really uh, getting out there in uh, in season one episodes. We, we may have one or two more, I gather. But uh, what are we? Uh, what's on the agenda for today?
1: Today, because it's the fall, and some people are, you know, uh, their gardens are maybe certain beds of are done, or they're about to be done, or you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, getting your garden ready for the winter, um, I mean, with this bizarre weather we're having, who knows when uh, the, the frost will come. But Yeah, uh, really. Anyway, we're not going to be running this show until November, so i got to talk about these things now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to talk about an approach to gardening called no-till gardening. There's different terms for it. Some people call it wood-chip gardening or back-to-chip gardening, lasagna gardening. There's all these different terms. Mm. Um uh, anyway, uh, that's the form of gardening I use. Uh, I started uh, doing this back in, I think, 2010 or 2011. Right. And uh, I, I had great success, and um, I've switched everything over to that. And I think it's just uh, just a wonderful approach to gardening. And, and uh, so if you haven't been doing it that way, the fall is a great time to sort of get set up <clears throat> to do it that way next year. Okay. So I figured, uh, and people are throwing away free sources of mulch-like leaves and bags of leaves and bags of different things too, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. different kinds of organic matter. People are throwing away bags and bags and bags of organic matter right now. Right. So, uh, or will be soon. So it's a good time to start gathering those things up and start using them in your garden because they're free. Mm. So that's what we'll talk about today.
0: Okay. Awesome. Let's talk
1: about it. All right. So... I'm just gonna try to ease into this by speaking about how it's worked for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my my background with this, and uh, contrast it with uh, conventional gardening. An, an approach that I think probably a good many of the listeners uh, are using or or have just switched from or mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't really know exactly what the what proportion of the listeners uh, use a wood chip or no-till gardening approach. Um so, you know, this is the hottest June ever. This mm-hmm. is the eleventh month that it's been the hottest month ever in ever in the world. <laughs> <laughs> ever. ever. Ever in ever forever. So I don't if if what the climate scientists are saying is true, which I I don't they have no reason to lie, they're not making any money off of this. Right. right. Um the this trend is going to continue and water conservation and figuring out how to grow a garden if you value having your own vegetables your mm -hmm. own sort of fresh organic vegetables on your own property if you like gardening um there's more and more reason to uh find a way to have a garden that doesn't need to be perpetually watered with all these drip systems and all this stuff um I haven't turned on a hose except for once. Um, So since June, I've only watered my garden once. And that was when I got back from a vacation in July. But that's Mm. it. I don't know how many people can say that. Uh, You were here end of August. Yeah, I was. Everything big, everything everything looking good, right? Everything looked good. Um, So that hadn't been watered since um, the middle of July and... And at that point in time, it was the first time I'd watered it since uh, about the end of June. Amazing. So that speaks to the the utility,
0: right? Uh, right.
1: You know, and just the uh, the value of having a wood chip. And you were here; everything's covered in wood chips. Every yep, wood chips is mulch everywhere. At some time. I've got different things I use for mulch, and they. With varying degrees of success. We'll talk about that as well. Not all mulches are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and even uh, just to follow up on, I think that one of the first episodes I talked about having this sand herb garden um, in my driveway where I I noticed there was a lot of weeds in my driveway on the south side of my house. Mm-hmm. And because herbs are weeds anyway, I figured why fight it, which is a very permaculture sort of thing to do. You. you sort of let nature tell you what to do. Right. So nature was saying, things grow here. No matter what you do, the weeds keep coming back. So why don't you put some weeds that you like there? And so I put, I decided I was going to plant different sort of herbs that I, and it's closer to the kitchen anyway, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put different herbs that I use in my cooking there. Yeah. And then I just, because I had some leftover sand from making a sandbox for my kids, I, I framed it in and uh, put some paper down to kill the existing weeds, and I put about three inches of sand down um, just to make it weed-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that sand has... You wouldn't think it would work as a moisture retention uh, barrier medium, yeah. but uh, I have not watered that garden at all. Hmm. Like, I put some... Uh, compost tea on it in early may yeah that's the only thing i did i I haven't (laughs) and it's like on the south side of my house that the the plants are planted in driveway rocks with some clay yeah i think i saw them (laughs) and there's just sand there it looks like a desert and there's you know everything looks great i should Mm -hmm. put a a picture maybe maybe the picture for this episode will be that picture um that uh, garden is doing just great. I haven't done a thing to it other than take herbs out of it whenever I cook. Um, so you know that's that's where you want to go. You know that's that that's the kind of garden oh, you want. to for sure. You don't have to do anything; to take the food out. Yeah, passive. So let me step back here. You know memories of my childhood, the way I noticed my parents working their garden, and the way everybody did back then—not just them, right? And I, I would imagine the way most people um, prepare their garden now. Um, early spring, you get manure or various fertilizers, peat moss, lime, you rent a rototeller from mm-hmm. Canadian Tire or whatever, and you go over the whole thing and, and then you start planting, right? Yeah. And I can see why so many people are overwhelmed at starting a garden because that's kind of over, you know, that's a, that's a big process. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, the problem with doing it that way is that's conventional gardening, is that the whole input model is based on an assumption of broken soil. I mean, the first thing you do each spring is fix the soil. Mm. You know, you add the fertilizer to get the nutrients in there, you add peat moss to get organic matter in because the peat moss is acidic. You add lime to get the acidity back to neutral. Yeah. Um, You know, the whole thing is the soil's broken, let's fix it. Right. Um, By contrast, a permaculture approach to gardening is the opposite. It's about building your soil, getting your soil healthy, giving your soil the things it wants and just letting the life in the soil improve it on its own. Giving the worms what they want, giving all the little microorganisms the environment they want. And if if they're happy, your soil is just going to improve. Mm. Um, So that's a lot simpler, right? Yeah. Um, but it might take some time, and it takes a bit of thought, mindfulness. Um, I started getting into this, uh, I think, around 2010, and I mean, I've been gardening for years, but I'd just been, you know, messing around and doing different things, and you know, trying to find easier ways than the conventional way. Right. I would still turn my garden over every year. I was using mulches back then. Uh, I'd use grass clippings or I'd use leaves. From the yard, you know, i just run over, you know, when the trees, uh, the leaves fell, I'd run over with my mower with a bag.
0: Right.
1: And I'd throw all that stuff on top of the garden. But then at the end of each season, I'd till then, and it did work fairly well. I didn't have a rototiller. I just used a pitchfork. Mm -hmm. So it was very loose, and it was nice soil. Um, But that was still labor-intensive, right? I I always looked at this and thought to myself, boy, when I'm an old man, I'm not going to be able to do this, right? Because uh, I'd be turning over in my garden would get a little bigger every year, and I'm turning everything over manually with a pitchfork. So yeah. I started reading about permaculture, and I was reading the work of uh, the uh, sort of uh, the founders of the permaculture movement, David Hull, Holmgren, Bill Mollison, and also watching a lot of video by this fellow named Jeff Lawton. Mm-hmm. These are all Australians. They all they all make it sound unbelievably complicated. Right. Um. You know, it's if you're a studious type and you like a lot of big words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I would recommend it because uh, um, you can learn a lot listening to these guys talk and reading their material and so on. It's all good stuff. Um, but it can be a bit off putting because it just, and also, they're, they're, what they're doing is in Australia. So I mean, they're like, well, and you plant your bananas over here, you know, and you're just like, uh, you can't plant bananas. Like, I'll have
0: to check how many Australians we have on our listenership, <laughs> because whatever that number is, we can just subtract it.
1: <laughs> right. I don't even know if you can grow bananas in Australia. Um, anyway, they're planting all these, you know, sort of exotic things that would never ever grow, right?
0: Here, yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And um, but you can you can just tell what they're doing. The principle behind it makes a lot of sense, right? right. And they're growing um, all this beautiful uh, f- food in a place that's very hot and very dry. Yeah. Right? And these guys, when they – they dreamed this up back in the 70s and they thought it would be like an international law by the 90s. Mm. They were looking forward and they they just were aware of all the inputs that go into conventional gardening, the oil, the fertilizer, the water, the uh, – pesticides, the herbicides, and the cost, generally speaking, the, the ramifications for food security, given right. that these costs would go up because it's so, it's so input dependent, the conventional model of gardening. It, it requires so many um, different inputs and um, they just didn't see it as sustainable going forward and they were looking at what permaculture had mm-hmm. to offer and they saw it as a much more sustainable program uh... for the future with regard to agriculture Mm -hmm. anyway i was reading all of this stuff and then i came across this video called the back to eden garden film Mm -hmm. and it's a documentary Uh, it's actually free you can i'll put a link up for those that are interested and i mean it couldn't have come along in a better time for me because it it came along in i think around march when you're starting to you know grow transplants and starting Mm -hmm. to dream up what you're going to do Right. And I watched this garden documentary, and here's a guy applying some of these permaculture principles. um, But he's in uh, Washington State, a guy named uh, Paul Gauchi. Right. And his garden is just like something out of uh, a fantasy movie. Right, right. (laughs) It's a gardener's fantasy. Everything's huge, everything looks awesome. And he's saying, I don't water my garden, I don't put any fertilizer on, I just you know, I just add a mulch every year and um, everything takes care of itself and everything's working great and, and there's, you know, he does tours of his garden they're talking to all the people and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is amazing, everything tastes so good, blah, blah, blah. So, that film really, I mean, it's it, it, for those who watch it, the guy's very religious, so uh, it can, parts of it sort of come off almost like a sermon. Um, so, you know, I'll just leave that yeah. to, you know, whatever your, whatever your orientation is, but Regardless, it's it's very nice, simplified uh, introduction to permaculture, right? David Holmgren, Bill Mollison, Jeff Lawton, very dense introduction. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you watch these guys on TED Talks, you, I mean, <laughs> you start just zoning out because it's just like, oh my God, can you just dumb it down a little bit for the? Rest <laughs> of us, you know? And I'm yeah. an educated man. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. You're not uh, stupid. Uh, it's just they don't need to uh, you know portray it the way they're not selling it (laughs) making it seem like it's this unbelievably sophisticated thing and it isn't it's just like look at a forest understand how that works, copy that system in your garden and you'll have a garden that takes care of itself Mm -hmm. just like the forest takes care of itself so that garden film really uh, inspired me and I changed my whole approach right there and then I said this this fall I'm going to you know, and what it inspired me to do was not worry about, you know, blowing it for a season. Just start mucking around, start playing in there, try different things. Some things are going to work, some things aren't going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you you're going to change. You're going to evolve as a gardener over time, and you're going to build on your um, success, and you're going to learn from your failure. And it's made me a much more successful gardener. I have a very, very large garden that's I maintain all by myself. And it's really not that hard because I've switched to this approach. Right. Because it sort of takes care of itself. Um, now, that being said, if you start looking into this, uh, listeners, um, there's some resources out there that will imply that this time of year, all you really need to do is um, – Pick a you know. Let's say you wanted to build a new garden bed for next year. What they say is put some cardboard down, and then put the mulch over top of that, whether it's wood chips or what have you. And then next spring, just push back the mulch, and you know whatever weeds or grass or whatever was there, you know they'll all be rotted away. The cardboard will be gone, and you can just plant in the ground. Yeah. Um, that's. Maybe it works that way in like Florida or Georgia or somewhere hot. But I mean, after about just, you know, sometime November, December, the whole thing here shuts down. Yeah. So if you try that here, if you cover, you know, a, a patch, let's say you take a four by 10 patch of earth and you cover it with cardboard and you put a bunch of wood chips on top of it. Uh, what you will find next April when you push the wood chips aside is the cardboard's still there. Yeah. <laughs> and the grass is like waiting to grow. Uh, It really takes about, if you leave it like that, it takes about, I would say, and this is a zone five thing, about three years for that soil. It will work. So if you put down some cardboard and you put a good heavy mulch down and you wait, uh, whatever was underneath all of that. For me, it was just like weeds and really, really poor clay soil. Um, eventually that will become a good soil. But it takes about three years. And I know that because in my garden, you saw when you were here, all the pathways are are wood chips, right? So, I mean, when I initially claimed that land, I just went to a dumpster and got all the cardboard boxes I could find. You know, I I didn't do it all in one go. I'd do a little piece every day. And I just put the cardboard down and throw a bunch of, I had a, a, a tree service dump, a whole truckload of wood chips in my driveway. And I just, Chip away at covering different areas of that space with the wood chips, um, just like they sort of showed on the film. Um, so, my first year, I dug back the wood chips, and, and the soil was like it hadn't changed. It was still this lousy soil underneath there. Um, and I tried planting a couple beans, something that grows really easily, and they were pathetic, you know, really didn't grow well. And the second year, again, not, not very amazing results. But the third year and this year in particular, I've noticed that, you know, if I just jam things in those wood chips where I haven't done anything, um, things grow, right? Yeah. I had beans growing in it. This was before you came here. Right? Yeah. I had a bunch of beans and then a couple of rabbits got in my garden and ate them all. Because um, <laughs> yeah. they were like near the edge. Um, anyway, I had things growing in that soil that was just nothing. So, I mean, it is true that if you put down uh, cardboard and a mulch and just leave it, it will, the The soil will eventually improve because you're, you're providing an environment that all the microbial life and the worms and stuff like, and they will start just creating their own, you know, worm manure and different things like that. They'll start converting uh, the matter in that mulch into a nice uh, topsoil over time, but it takes yeah. a while in this climate. So, my advice is to, if you're in this zone, Zone 5, and you want to garden like next fall <laughs> or next spring, there's ways, there's things you can do to, to jumpstart that, right? So, you know, if you're going to build a raised bed, uh, I would recommend uh, do all that, you know, it's good to do that stuff in the fall. It's nice and cool, as we were saying last episode. It's just, uh, sometimes you can get good deals on on the materials because you're not... You know, it's sort of the beginning of building season. Uh, you never know what kind of deal there is out there. Um, certainly, all the garden centers are trying to get rid of a lot of things. So if you're just building one bed, if you're building multiple beds, you should get a truckload of soil. Mm. Um, or, or I wouldn't even say soil. I'd say horse manure. Um, but if you're just building one bed, you can get sometimes really good deals on uh, manure and things like that at uh, garden centers. But my advice is build your new bed now. If you're building over grass or what have you, you know, you put down, you know, whatever you you know, you, you don't have to have a wooden box for a bed, but let's say you do that. You put that down, and then put, um, instead of cardboard, put paper over the grass. You know, mow the grass down, but put, like, uh, newspaper, that sort of thing, right? Or you can buy um, flooring underlay at a hardware store. You can put 20, 20 bucks a roll it's quite heavy. It's about three times the, the heaviness of a, a brown paper bag. Um, that'll smother out weeds and grass and stuff like that. You put that down, and then um, uh, and then put horse manure down. Go to a stable and get some horse manure, and put about three or four or five inches, as much as you you know, as, as high as you can put it, sort of thing. Put horse manure down because it's free and it's Full of good nutrients and it's full of good things. Mm-hmm. Um, put that down and then put paper on top of that because the reason you do this this time of year is because the grass seeds in that will germinate, but they're gonna germinate and hit the second layer of paper you put on top of the manure and they've got nowhere to go, so they're all gonna die.
0: Right?
1: Right? They're gonna. It's nice and warm because it's manure, and you still got some sun and grass will still germinate this time of year. So it'll germinate, and then it'll hit. You know, you're going to put the manure down. You're going to put paper down, and then you're going to put a mulch on top of the paper to hold the paper in place. And all the seeds will germinate, and they'll die. So it's ready to rock for next year. Mm. Um, I was going to talk about different kinds of mulches. There, you know, I've used, um, I've used, um, I've used grass clippings. I've used leaves, just bags of leaves. Mm-hmm. I've used wood chips, and I've used various kinds of uh, straw or hay. Um, I have found that wood chips are about the best, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about sawdust. I'm talking about wood chips that have uh, – the, the kind that an arborist would have where they've run branches and leaves and bark and and ideally from deciduous trees, not from conifers. Right. So not from evergreens, from, you know – um, so you want, you know, the ideal, at least in my experience, uh, if you listen to the back to Eden guy, he thinks pine needles are great, but, but where he is, it's like zone seven, he, maybe even zone eight, depending on a given year. So mm-hmm. it's warmer there. So maybe that stuff breaks down a little faster there, but I've noticed in my gardens, I've done both the, um, deciduous tree, uh, mulches t- tend to be the best. So you want... Uh, Uh, A wood chip mulch that's got branches and sticks and leaves and that sort of stuff. So it's got some green. It's got some brown. That's the best. So don't go to the garden center and buy that red stuff that you put in your flower gardens. Mm. Um, That is devoid of – it it has nutrients, but it's pretty much devoid of nutrients. You want something with some green in it, right? Right. Um, That's the best. Uh, As far as I've seen, I look at my garden beds – those are the ones that held on to their moisture the best. So I had garden beds this year. I did an experiment. Half of them, well, maybe not half. A, a good portion I used hay, just old hay from a stable The kind of, you know, certain hay, bales of hay, they the horses won't eat it because they just don't like it. So they'll throw those away. If you, you'll see a big manure pile and there'll be like all this hay, and that's the hay the horses won't even touch. Um, so I, you know, over my potato beds, for instance, I use a lot of hay. I just, just like it. The potatoes get through it, no problem. But the soil underneath the hay, as soon as it got really hot and really dry, um, that soil had a tendency to dry out. The soil underneath the wood chips, that didn't start getting dry till like you know last month when just you Mm -hmm. know it's just been this you know hottest driest summer ever sort of thing. Yeah. Um, So the wood chips, you know, I'm talking about two inches, not not too much, not too little. They seem to conserve the moisture levels in the soil better than anything. Um, so if you can get it, that's the best. Grass clippings works pretty good too, but it it can get this slimy texture. So you you can't put it on too heavy. I would say only about an inch is all you need and, and that can work really well. But the idea of no-till, uh, gardening is that, you know, each year you just add a bit of mulch. You don't till. Hmm right? The mulch is going to, let's say you add two inches of mulch. Well, by next spring, you're only going to have about an inch left because some of it will be broken down.
0: Yeah.
1: So you you have to secure sources of mulch and you'll need a little bit less every year. Just, I don't know why, but it seems to work out that way. Secure sources, sources of mulch, you know, be creative, call different tree services in your area, sweet talk them into dropping off. Usually if you offer them like 50 bucks or a hundred dollars and it's on their way or convenient for them, they'll uh, drop it off. My experience with uh, most of these guys has been that um, they don't want to have to provide a custom load of wood chips. They want to be able to dump their truck in your driveway. So maybe there's a bunch of tree branches and there's some tree stumps and there's some things you don't want in there. But they want to dump it and whatever the stuff you don't want, it's your problem. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: But I mean, you're getting, you know, I mean, the guy I go with for, you know, for like a hundred bucks, I get like enough to do, well, you saw, I've got pathways and the whole thing, right? That's a lot. So it's totally, totally worth it if you consider what those little bags of mulch you buy at a garden center, whether they're five bucks each or whatever, you're getting tons, right? So you don't have to be, um, you know, stingy when when you're applying this to your gardening. Right, right. And it's also better stuff because it's got all that organic material in it, right? And you'll notice, like, when they dump this pile of stuff off in your driveway, maybe you don't get at it for a couple of days. Uh, if you stick your hand in that, it's, like, it's alive. It's hot. I swear to God you could cook an egg in one of those things. It's you hot. You ought to try that. You, like, open it up and there's, like, steam coming out. It's like putting your hand inside a, a body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never yeah. done that. But, Not uh, anyway, It's hot in there, right? Um, yeah. It's like a human body. It's body temperature in there. It's really strange. Um, so uh, that's the way to go if you can get it. But otherwise, if you can, I mean, then that's a good way to go if you're gardening on a large scale, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, if you're on a smaller scale, um, you know, grass clippings, uh, hay, seaweed, if you can get it, you know, and, and it's good to do at this time of year so it can break down and improve your. Your soil for next year, right?
0: Makes sense.
1: So, you know, the title is no-till gardening. Is this a pipe dream or what? No, it isn't. Um, You know, the other thing I guess I'd say is if if you were going to put a garden in this fall and you didn't want to do a raised bed, you just wanted to use the existing soil, that I would till the first time, right? Like I till it now, and, you know, add some manure to it or something like that to, you know, it could be lousy soil. Yeah. Your mulch will improve the soil over time, but, you know, you don't want to wait three years. No. <laughs> right? no. So get some some sort of amendment, like some manure or some compost or some seaweed uh, manure or whatever, you know, something that's going to improve the soil quality there. Spread that around and, you know, either take a rototeller to it or just use a pitchfork or a pickaxe or a shovel or whatever you got, you know. And mix that around a bit and then put the mulch on top Mm. and then leave it for next year. But if you're just going to put a mulch on top of like existing, um, unless the existing soil is beautiful under there, you will not be pleased next spring uh, when your cardboard hasn't broken down and the soil is still lousy. Right. Now, I mean, it's called no-till gardening, but if you're you're planting on a rotating schedule, if you're like me and you love planting (laughs) potatoes…
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Coming back to it, all these episodes, every one of your beds is going to get potatoes at some point in time. And when you when you actually pick your potatoes, you're turning the soil over a bit. So I mean, it is going to get a bit of a turnover once in a while. That's why I use hay the year whenever I plant potatoes. I tend to use hay because when you're adding wood chips to a soil, you don't want to till wood chips into a soil. They will deplete. They're fine on top of the soil, but if you till wood chips in, you are going to de- those wood chips are going to pull a lot of the nitrogen out of the soil, and you're going to have a really lousy garden. If right. you, the wood chips can go on top, just like in a garden, right? There's no, or just like in a forest. There's no tilling in a forest. Mm-hmm. There's needles and sticks, which is basically, you know, wood chips. Oh yeah. <laughs> they go on top. Everything in nature is applied on top. Nothing gets mixed in, right? So you do the same thing in your garden. So when you're going to be planting something like any sort of tuber that you have to dig up, then you want to have uh, a mulch on your soil that isn't going to be a big deal to dig in. So you use grass clippings or you use hay or something like that because that is not going to, uh, you know, hay has a much higher nit- natural nitrogen level than wood chips, for instance, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if you're going to mix a bit of the hay in with your soil, it's not going to, it's only going to improve the uh, your soil quality because it's organic in nature. Yeah, It'll almost act like a peat moss when that gets mixed in there and it'll break down, and hay breaks down super fast. And you till your hay and it's gonna be broken down by next year. Yeah. Right? Oh, the worms and the worms will just go right to it. I mean, they they see that just like paper, right? They they love it and they'll work on it and it'll be gone. Mm. So, you know, again, that, that whole idea of being mindful and sort of thinking about every little step and making the work a minimum. Right. So I mean I've just worked that sort of you know, once every four years, everything does get some sort of mixing, because I have to move things around anyway with crop rotation. I've planned that into it, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: So that's what I wanted to get across today. Um, is just a great way to to go about your gardening, um, starting to develop a permaculture approach in your garden. I haven't talked too much about it. Uh, this um, this season and for anyone thinking of trying it you know falls the time to start thinking about it for next year but also you know start reading about it and start thinking about it and start studying it a bit but don't and I, I fell into this trap don't look at it like a box that you're stuck in that you have to do this and you mm-hmm. have to do that um, you know it's a goal it's a goal you're Moving towards, but you don't have to completely right. sail ado- adopted in a given year. It's just a goal, right? And you can bend the rules and you can break the rules. I mean, it's your guard and you're in charge. But if you want to try something new, and especially if you found watering everything a real drag <laughs> this yeah, year, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be much better next year. You know, I, I don't know, it might, might be a little bit better, it might be a little bit worse, but, you know, yeah. I don't think we're going to we're not turning back the clock here.
0: Right, right, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it was, it was crazy
1: dry. So you've got two options. You can put, like, hoses all over the place in your garden and install this incredibly complex system of hoses and pipes and dials and switches and stuff, or you can start thinking about, Having a um, a garden with a mulch on the top, a no-till garden, a, uh, a permaculture garden, a wood chip garden. Those are all right. the different terms. And when you're looking the stuff up, the terminologies are no-till gardening, wood chip gardening, lasagna gardening, uh, back to Eden gardening. It's that film was so influential. People refer to wood chip gardening as back to Eden gardening. Hmm. Um, so.
0: Uh, Wonder where the lasagna comes in.
1: Oh, because you're you're not tilling it. You're adding layers. Ah. Uh right? So you put a layer of this on. I mean, even if, let's say, I had a garden that i applied applied a mulch. Well, that's another thing I should talk about, actually. Um, a lot of the literature and a lot of the suggestions are, let's say I had a mulch this year and I wasn't happy with the results, so I want to add some manure. They would argue put the manure right over top of the mulch. Yeah, I find where I am, in this climate anyway, it's not a big deal. Because my, my All my gardens are sort of compartmentalized into beds, right? It's not a big deal for me to grab a rake and get the mulch off and add some manure and then put the mulch back on. Right. I mean, it it takes about less than five minutes for me to, for a four by 10 bed to get the mulch off. I mean, I I don't want to have to get, you know, (laughs) I've already got the mulch. The mulch is the cover. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to go get more mulch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And also I don't want that mulch it's gonna take longer to break down here than it is somewhere hot. Right. There's yeah. things going on in a in a in a southern garden in the winter that just that ain't going on here. There's nothing going on here. Right. <laughs> things everything is just in a holding pattern.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: everything's frozen solid, just waiting. There's yeah. nothing happening, there's no life. It's like the surface of Mars here, right? Yeah, so exactly. there's nothing going on. So, you know, for me. I, I didn't start off doing this. This is just something I've sort of figured out. Being a permaculture uh, woodchip gardener in zone five, uh, I take the mulch off. I put them let's say I got I got a few gardens like that. In my this year I, I wasn't really happy with their performance. I think they need a little bit of um, you know good soil added, some some manure, and so I'm going to do that. So I'm just going to pull off the mulch, put the manure on, put the mulch back on, just like taking a you know take off the bedspread change the sheets <laughs> put the yeah. bedspread back on sort of thing yeah it only takes a minute to pull it off mm. uh, from a, you know when you've got compartmentalized beds like i do that way i don't have to go get even more mulch to remulch the garden right oh
0: yeah
1: so that would be uh my advice on that one is to, as well i mean these are things i can't find any resources on these sorts of questions this has just been me messing around in my garden trying to like you know i'm Trial and error. I'm reading resources online, and the stuff they're saying to do doesn't seem to be having the amazing results that uh, yeah. they're getting. And I notice that with these little tweaks that I've developed, um, it's working better. Hey, so well. my best guess is it's because these people are planting gardens in hot places, hotter places, right? and I'm planting a garden in a cold place.
0: Well, that makes sense, and uh, that's why you're here, sharing sharing the good info that works. Exactly. And the bad.
1: Yes, and the bad. <laughs>
0: yeah no that's great yeah cool so if uh you want to follow along the show notes for this episode you can find those at maritime com slash zero two one for episode 21 and um i don't even think i'll go through the usual ramble obviously if you want to subscribe on itunes you probably already are Um, but, uh, yeah, just go to MaritimeGardening.com. Subscribe more. Yes. (laughs) Tell, tell your friends, um, you know, there can never be too many. Uh, don't worry about your, your neighbor's garden looking as good as yours. Just go ahead and share the show. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Just spread the wisdom. Spread Spread the the wisdom. Spread the information. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Don't hang on to it. (laughs) No, no, that's right. Share the wealth. So. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks, uh, as always, Greg, for uh, for sharing your, your insight. And um, we'll be back for another episode or two, I gather, before this season's over. Yes, thanks for listening. All right, take care, everybody. Bye-bye.